So, I am Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man, and we are here to talk about stuff. Yep, yep. And, uh, stuff Adam, and things. You know, this is, uh, well, by the way, Adam, uh, you know, I just wanted to say thanks again for having me on the program. Of course, you're the co-host. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> no longer a guest, you're a co-host. Yeah, well, here, I've, so. been in, I've been inducted into the co-host uh, yes. role, so thank you, I appreciate that. Um, but... As you know, as we're doing uh, this episode, I'm in a, a diff- bit of a different setup. I'm in the living room. I've got a, uh, you know, one of those uh, fireplace things going on my TV, uh, which is nice because I don't have a real fireplace. And uh, you know, this TV, it's it's kind of cool. Like I, I got it recently from my friend, who it was just an extra he had um, uh, because he, after moving in whoa, with his whoa, girlfriend. Hold on, hold on. I, I have what? to interrupt you here, dude. There's this really creepy apparition that's like in my room right now. What? I I can feel it, but I can also kind of see it, and it's creeping me out. Oh my god! Are you? Yeah. Are you like you really see something there? I mean, it might be a shadow, but I can't really get up because I'm in this really comfortable position. But it's freaking me out. I'm almost have like sleep paralysis or something, man. It's really. It's freaky. That's so weird because like, are I mean. I'm sure it's just coincidence, but that totally reminds me of this amazing show that I just finished last night. Um, Is it the Netflix original Haunting of Hill House? Actually, um, no, it's uh, that Crazy Clowns from Outer Space movie. Um, But yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Spoilers? No, just kidding. I've never seen that crazy clowns thing, but yes, I was talking about the haunting of Hill house. By the way, is that apparition still there? Because as we know from the show, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not pretty. It's, it's quite scary. Yes. Well, it's, it's the one with the floating, the floating one with the cane. Oh God. That's literally like probably the freakiest (laughs) one. I know. Um, yeah, that was the, the that was probably the, the scariest moment <laughs> for me. I just shivered. Oh, uh, wait, so when, the, when he's like in the when Luke is there under the bed yeah. and just like watching. Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay, so let, you know, first of all, sorry everyone, I'm I'm a little sick, I'm congested. Okay, now that that's over with, let's just dive into it. Um, this show, this ten part miniseries on Netflix, that's like an adaptation from uh, a book from the fifties, or I think late fifties, uh, you know, it's like, it's really like a book in TV slash series form. You know what I mean? Like it's after you finish it, it really feels like, ah, I just finished a really good book. You know, like you, that feeling where you don't really want it to end, but at the same time you're like, well, I mean, it has to end like where else could they go with it? You know? And, uh, just like really satisfying kind of fleshing out of all the characters and, and the, the nonlinear storytelling and, and all of that. So, um, you know, just all of that to say, we're, we're probably not going to get too much into it. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much for, for those who have not seen it yet. Um, you know, like when you told me about it a few uh, weeks ago, you were very good about that. Um, and just kind of teasing it out. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit and maybe, maybe allude to some spoilers, but certainly, uh, yeah, but certainly, like, it, it's something that 
we're not going to get too far into. So, right. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, oh man, it's, I think for me, what, what like really worked was the, was the characters. They felt, it, I think the world felt very Stephen King, you know, it felt like the way the characters interacted with, with each other, um, their relationships with each other, how they all, you know, were as adults and kids and, and the, just yeah. kind of the, and also the, um, Henry Thomas, uh, as the the dad, the younger dad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that was that was great to watch. It took us. It was for for a while. I wasn't sure. I was like, wait a second, is that him with older makeup? And then I I recognized the actor who was playing, you know, the older dad, and uh, you know. But right. anyways, the the characters themselves just it just really worked for me. Um, but also the the way, like you were saying, the non linear storytelling really worked. It was just the way that they had those first you know, five episodes about each of the kids. And the the sixth episode was, of course, that really cool, well-shot episode. Now, now you kind of know what I'm talking about when I said it was very uniquely filmed. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, and then I, I do... I will say that by the last few episodes, it wasn't quite as, like, nail... That nail-biting, just like, oh, what is this? I want to keep watching... But it still had it still had legs, you know. Mm-hmm. It didn't it didn't die off. But it, at the same time, I don't think it ended with a like. It's almost like how do you even end a show like that, you know? So yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think I do like how the the final two episodes were um, rather singular in terms of mm-hmm. like you know how all the episodes leading up. I'd say it's kind of like the first half of the series is you know each episode focuses on just one character and then like towards the second half, you know, it's like you've kind of gone, you've learned about all the characters. And so it's just kind of like that ensemble. Yeah. The ensemble where they're, they're all in the present and then, but it's still like cutting back to the past. And then the last two episodes are like, you know, the penultimate episode is all in the past. And then the, Mm -hmm. the final episode is mostly in the present with some flashbacks. Um, that kind of like fleshes out all of the ties up all the loose ends kind of. And, um, you know, some things are, are a little more tied up than others, but overall, like I, I was pretty satisfied with the, with the ending and, um, yeah, same. Yeah. But I definitely agree that just like the, the edge of your seat kind of like what's going on, uh, was, you know, it wasn't quite there. And even though the answers, uh, and the conclusion was very satisfying, it's like, it's almost like it can never be as satisfying as like the titillation of mystery and like, what it like, yeah. what's going on, you know, like, um, but I will, you know, I did like a lot of the reveals. It's it, a lot of the reveals are really well done. And, mm-hmm. you know, Stephanie called a couple of them, uh, you know, maybe a minute or two before they were revealed, which is kind of, oh, which nice. is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, did you have like a favorite character or, or performance? Uh, I would say probably Nell. Yeah. Um, her episode, at least her episode was my favorite. The bent neck lady. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I know that episode was like a black mirror. Episode, wow. Yeah. Wow. You know? <sighs> yeah. And then that leads right into the, 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 you know, the, um, funeral processions, you know, the, yeah. the beginning of that. And that one's just amazing. I mean, that's like Mike Flanagan, who's the showrunner directed all the episodes. Mm-hmm. He's, He's incredible at um, 
I think at nailing the Stephen King vibe well, because he he already did uh, Gerald's game. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, and he's doing Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining Book. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing that, and there was I thought there was something. Oh, he did a uh, Hush, that Netflix original, um, and Oculus too, right? And Oculus, yep, yep. And yeah, so he's so yeah, he's got a style that I think Hill Hill House really you know uh, is is as an exemplar. Uh, of his style and and you know that's the thing is like the the really really tall floating apparition right that reminded me of the the thing from gerald's game yeah the thing that just like watch right at the edge yeah and oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i know it's just like that perfect like you said it's like a stephen king-esque kind of Mm -hmm. creepiness horror that's it's not a jump scare but it it does like give you that like bone chilling kind of oh yeah like when he kind of is looking in the hallway and he first sees it for the first time and it's this huge just like thing not like looking at looking through the doors it's just man um but like and also what i like about mike flanagan and his like his style not only his like um cinematography his filmmaking like how he actually creates everything but also his actors i mean he's used a lot of the same actors Mm -hmm. in his movies and they all really work with the vibe that he, you know, he goes for. Because I know, what was it? Um, who is it? Uh, he's married to one of them. The one that's in Hush. Um, was it the one with the the gloves? Right. I think. I think he's he's married to her in real Theo? life. Theo. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She. I would say Theo's my favorite character. Yeah. Nell had my favorite episode, but Luke was also great. Yeah, uh, I'm. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like. It's it's tough. It is I'd, very I'd tough. say the the weakest would. It's funny because when you, it's weird that the first episode was um, um, Stephen. Yeah. See, it's like <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm not as I'm not as fresh on the names. <laughs> yeah. I remember all the details except for now, like the names and stuff. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, he he kind of had like that vibe at first of okay, this is gonna be our main character. He's gonna be kind of cool, you know. And then as the show goes on, you kind of you feel like you're like this guy's kind of a jerk and he doesn't really, he's kind of selfish (laughs) and I don't really care about him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It kind of, you know, his episode seems to kind of set him up as like the, the person you relate to. And, and then after a couple episodes more, you realize the format of like, they're, they're focusing on each of the the family members um, and showing different perspectives of the same events and and that kind of thing, uh, which is really nicely done. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say like, I agree. Steven was probably my least favorite of everyone. Yeah. But then I will say the last maybe two episodes, like changed my mind. He's one of my favorites yeah. now because. With that reveal that he, that he got that yeah. kind of like finally he talked to his dad and all that, that conversation yeah. really kind of changed him. Yeah. Cause he was living his life based on pretty much knowing nothing not not getting any information right you know yeah so. and that's also like such a it that brings up like one of the great moral kind of themes of the show is you know what's better to shelter your loved ones from from the dangerous world outside or clark from smallville right yeah or to like <laughs> let them be free and like just live their lives and yeah. um and you know obviously on the on the mother's level there is like that 
that was that theme was very clear in her motivations and like everything that she kind of represented but also with the father yeah in the ending you know that that whole conundrum of like like how do i deal with this do i tell my kids like and then yeah. you know with what happened with the the groundskeepers and stuff it's like the, oh okay it kind of makes sense like there's there's like a lot of reasons why he he couldn't just tell his kids what happened even when they were older and stuff you know it's like he thought he yeah. really did think he could protect them from something that uh it's not i guess the thing is it's like yes he protected them from the physicality of the house they were they mm. weren't in physical danger right but like the psychological trauma was what kind of yeah he wasn't able to protect him from. So it's, yeah, there's just a lot in there and, um, so fascinating and like, yeah, just the perform. like, I don't know. I don't know if I could, if I had to have a favorite character. Um, I mean, Henry Thomas was up there for me. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. Say, Oh, I can fix it. Which is funny because I just watched, (laughs) um, I just watched Wreck-It Ralph. I haven't seen Ralph Breaks the Internet yet, but like, Oh yeah. Recently watched Wreck-It Ralph because Stephanie and I are, eventually wanting to see the next one. And so like fix it, Felix and like, I can fix it. And then like literally like two days later, I'm watching like, I can fix it. I can fix fix it. it. No, you can't, you can't fix this. (laughs) Yeah. Like what is it in the sixth episode that he says that? And it's like, you're like, no dude, this isn't. (laughs) Yeah. There was one one episode where he says it and he says it like 40 times to everybody. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So that was, that was kind of a funny, like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so I don't know uh, if you have any yeah, other thoughts. I mean, like I said, if whenever we, um, I don't know if you want to like spend like five minutes just talking about spoiler reviews, just or a spoiler of of just some of the big reveals. I don't know if like oh, yeah. any of the reveals had any kind of, uh, like if you remember any of them that just stuck out to you. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. So for yeah, spoiler spoiler alert. Spoilers. For um, maybe like five minutes or so. Yeah, just um, go fast forward. A, a, we'll do a, a. We'll do a time code. That's what we always do. So. Boop. Okay, so basically, um, <laughs> I, so my I would say, the bent neck lady reveal was, one of my all time favorites. Yeah, um, same. same. I mean, even like the end of the first episode, you know, it's kind of, uh, up until that point, it's just like a very kind of slow burn horror thing and then I don't know you just that's the first kind of sense of that Flanagan style I feel like so I liked that I I really liked the reveals at the end uh showing that the all of the mysterious knocks and door rattles were actually the the kids like interacting with each <laughs> other through these yeah. like door portals right um and really a lot of it too it was explained at the end that like that heart of the the red room you know the heart of the mm-hmm. house was kind of like the room of requirement in Harry Potter, which you won't understand that reference, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I can predict, I can understand. Yeah, it is what it similar. needs to be, you know? And, right. and th- like, that's so fascinating. That's one of the reveals that Stephanie called like three or four minutes early. Okay. Um, nice. she was like, Oh yeah, that was like the dance studio and the game room. The, and yeah, where they all were, where they would knock and they'd open the door and nothing would be there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the room where they kind of, lived their lives to the fullest, right? They had their, yeah. their passionate, like kind of, you know, that idea of, okay, I'm, I'm safe here. And like, this is my comfort zone. And 
Yeah, so it's kind of like the idea that the house consumes you is not, mm-hmm. again, it's not like a physical thing. It's like a psychological thing, which is so yeah. fascinating. And also the fact that this book was written in the 50s. Like <laughs> if you think about that and the the whole, you know, um, the feminine mystique and, and all that stuff, it, there's a lot mm-hmm. of um, interesting kind of 50s uh, feminism connection there too because yeah you know of women feeling trapped in the house and then kind of realizing wait there's a lot more to life than just being a wife and a mother right um so obviously that's not that's like i'm getting i'm (laughs) i'm reaching here but you know um, well but no it's it's true that's what that's what i love about this show is that the the moments themselves actually they give you this emotion based on like what's on screen but also there's this like extra layer that's like you know that of, of meaning that's there yeah um it, some of the scariest parts for me was uh when he was like um when henry thomas you know with the, all do you hear all the banging on the doors and it's just uh, i think it's shirley and theo maybe or shirley and nell yeah. or something it's like they're younger and then he comes in he's like it's over it's over and then his mouth gets like really yeah. wide you remember that part yeah. that was like the that part just still sticks with me um <laughs> And like the dead kitties coming to life and all those little. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some of those parts. Um, there was another, there was one more like there was, Oh yeah. The scene in the sixth episode where the mom is like, it's like I'm having the strangest dream. And then, yeah, she says, she says, I think that's what she says. That's the one. That's the episode with when it's focused on her takes or two takes or something. Is that the one that's focused? No, that's that's the sixth episode, the one that's about the funeral, where where like Henry Thomas starts like walking into a room, and then it turns into the Hill House back in the day, right? And then it, it's like that night of the storm, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. And so like, and then they're upstairs, and all this weird stuff's happening, and the kids are downstairs, and all this, all the weird stuff. She keeps like disappearing and all the windows are breaking. And then there's this point where she's just like, I'm dreaming so strangely. And then like all of a sudden, uh, you hear the kids screaming downstairs, but just that whole moment is really, just really weird and creepy because of the, the storm. The fact that Henry Thomas is trying to figure out what's going on. Uh He's trying to like, and and the things that are happening are really weird and really creepy, but I, you're right. It is. It's technically during that point of her episode, Uh but it's like, another moment in the show where you get to see it earlier. Um, like before it happens before we see the reveal of what she's seeing. Yeah. 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 So essentially she's just like, we're like, why would she even say that? Because we don't know at that point what she's seeing and what's, what's happening with her. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's from Henry Thomas's point of view, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'll, I'll go back. Uh, one more thing. I, w- I just wanted to reemphasize how much I liked the bent neck lady reveal. Like, the the episode itself works so well, but then all of a sudden at the end, you've got the layers of her like all the times when you see her, yeah, as the when she it's, sees the bedneck lady, it's her, and it's just so crazy because then it ends in her room, and the first time you see it, and it's just like yeah, and that's oh, actually so the crazy. that's actually the thing that I was gonna say is about that part specifically, you know, the second to last time when. So like when she was a little kid, it would be the second time she saw her, she, you know, right. she's on the couch and it's above her. It's a, yeah. She, it's above her. And she hears yeah. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the only time that she hears that, you know? And so like mm-hmm. when she's, you know, when she's actually falling, 
it, it she's saying that because she realizes, oh shit, like after the next one, that's yeah. it. Like there's no more, you know? So it's right. kind of like, she's realizing what's happening too in real time. And then the second to last well, one, she's like, no, no. And then at the yeah. last one, it, it, oh my gosh, man. It, yeah. Oh. Just those little details like that are so, so good. <sighs> so they just give you the creeps, but, but it, it it's not just yeah. like, uh, you know, well, generic horror. And I wonder, um, you know, end of spoilers, I guess. But uh, just to kind of ca- ca- cap it off. Beep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll go with that one. <laughs> um, you know, I wonder how the book compares because it was a, it was very good visual storytelling. And so, like, you know, with horror, it's always, it's kind of a toss-up in terms of, like, which was better, the book or the, or the movie slash show. So, right. With Stephen King, I feel like usually it's the book, even though I don't read a lot of the books. But from from a lot of how his movies are portrayed, a lot of times they're just, you know, if you look at his like discography on like Rotten Tomatoes, I'm sure it's really low because there's a lot of those really crappy, you know, yeah, um, horror adaptations of his books that just kind of got like TV movies or yeah. something, um, you know. But yeah. in terms of his like, because he has book, so many, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, actually, this is a book I would read, um, and I'm oh not a reader boy. at all, because it's just, I don't know, like I said, it's the, the writing, the characters, the format, I mean, maybe maybe that's... It's probably not very long, either, like... Yeah, it can't be, I mean, if, if they ended it within that time frame, there wasn't that much content, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, there was a lot of content, but there wasn't that much time, yeah. you know, it was like, it was very it, you know, like... It, "Quote unquote," it with the youngers and younger well, kids, and then the older. Yeah, but it is different, way different though. Well, because the new so... one, the new one is different because it's they split it into two parts, and the next one will be the adults. No, but, but... even then, I think like I mean, I haven't read the book, but just from what I've heard and read online, I think they still had to cut a lot of stuff because the book. Oh, is you're so saying the long. book dif- is different from the movie? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for example, Stephen King's. Uh, like The Shining, the book is way different than the movie, and I know there's like that TV movie, uh, which I think he doesn't is, even like. He doesn't like The Shining at all, right? He like yeah, I it. think because yeah, because it it you know a lot of creative liberties were taken, and right. I think also because of how successful it was, he probably was just like my story. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right, um, but but he didn't do that with Shawshank Redemption or like Green Mile. Like I think because Frank Darabont really takes his movies really well. He's like him and Frank, him and Mike Flanagan are the two best with Stephen King. Well, like here's another one. Cujo. That's a short one. That's really good. And oh yeah. Probably yeah. a lot better than the, than the movie, uh, which I've only seen half of. Right. Um, well, in pet cemetery, the new one's coming out. Soon, oh, and that one looks yeah. pretty good. Okay. I'm stoked. Yeah. Okay. Um, well anyways, uh, yeah. So go out and buy Shirley Jackson's the haunting of Hill house. And, uh, yes. you know, yeah, let us know. Uh, what you think, and also, how are you liking those wham jammies? Um, those sandwiches that are so delicious. You know, it's half peanut butter, banana, half ham, cheese, and mustard. I'm um, sure everyone has gone out and let us made know. That yeah, since let you us talked know. About Don't forget it. the white bread. Uh, <laughs> all right, soft white um, bread. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was skydiving with Tom Cruise the other day. And he told me it took him only a hundred jumps 
to perfect the Halo jump in Mission Impossible Fallout. And most of the time, instructors need to do it a thousand times really? before they're like certified. You met Tom Cruise? Yeah, it was cr- it was, was it? it was crazy. We were both skydiving. Oh, different planes. Coincidence. But we just met mid sky. Whoa. Yeah, and I was like, we waved. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was him at first, and then he took off his helmet. When I was, th- I thought that was pretty, you know, well, d- unsafe did, for Tom Cruise. But was he? It is Tom Cruise. He, he is invincible. Did he have? Did he have his air canister? Because you know he loses those sometimes. Right, right. I, I mean, from what I saw. Okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah, dude, you know what that reminds me of? What? This other thing that I just watched. Like, it literally just came out, and, I mean, I can't... It's such a weird coincidence, because it also has to do with Tom Cruise skydiving. Really? Yeah. Was it on Kimmel? Um, no, no, it was... Um, <laughs> oh, it was Fallon. No, it was okay. The Mummy. Ah, oh, yes. No, I'm just kidding. The Mummy. It wasn't The Mummy. I've never seen that. He did a lot of, a lot of crazy stunts on that one, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. What's going to happen to him one day? I mean, how is it? How is it possible? Maybe Scientology is real, and he is like Superman. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, he is the Excuse only me. one who can do these kind of. Mo- I mean, no one else is doing these kind of movies, like. Right, like like Mission Impossible Fallout, or you know, Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout, um, or like. Oh yeah, the, that was yeah. That was probably my favorite movie Dude, this year. Actually, it's funny you mention that. And guess what? It's not gonna. It's not gonna win any awards because it's an yeah. action movie that's part of a franchise that has Tom Cruise in it. Like, right. which is weird, right? Because it's really, it's really amazing in terms of, like, obviously all of the, um, the stunt work and like, just the action set pieces action set stuff. pieces yeah. parallel action. Um, you know, the cutting back and forth between uh, the two, you know, kind of similarly related dire situations and the right. the impossible mission that takes it up a notch from last time. And mm-hmm. the score. The score, the score is the score best. Is my, it's my yeah. favorite of all Dude, of them. Easily, easily. Like, yeah. Okay, and we'll get into all this stuff. Um, but I will say, even like the the plot, like in terms of, you know, it's it kind of establish like really establishes this like mission impossible formula mm-hmm. that it, it, you know, it's kind of been all over the place for a while. And, um, another thing I kind of want to talk about is, you know, the mission Impossible's franchise, the mission Impossible franchise's relationship to like the bond franchise. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree. They're very similar. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of the bond franchise. And, um, I would say that, you know, the reason I like those movies, it's not just, be- it's not because they're like good movies. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of them yeah. are not good movies. Like most of them are not good movies. There's like a handful that you could say are just classics, yeah. but then there's the rest of them are throwaways that you're just like, Oh, there's fun. This they're is a fun. fun movie. Yeah. They're, it's a fun popcorn yeah. franchise thing. Right. Exactly. And so, but here's the thing is that like mission impossible, I feel like has nailed that with fallout and, it's almost to the point where it's like, well, if they can, if they try to continue, it's just going to start to become like the bond thing, you know, where eventually they're going to have to get a new actor. And, you know, if they keep going for another decade, like they're going to have to get a new actor or like maybe, maybe in like 20 years. Right. But the bond one has been around for 50. So if you think about it, like this thing has legs, right? Like they're not going to start, stop making these movies. Um, I don't think at least, but 
I don't. Here's here's my thing. I have a. I, I kind of feel like the Mission Impossible franchise is Tom Cruise. It's kind of like how they they kind of start talking about with Indiana Jones. Oh well, afterwards we might continue that. But it's like when you've been doing this franchise for 20, 40 years with one actor. Are you really going to put a new actor in that role? It's yeah. It's different with Bond because it was already kind of a. Connery was there for you know what? How many like ten or how many? Oh, uh, less know? like eight, seven, six or seven, six. Okay, six. I think. Either way, but like it wasn't like he Five. did that for forty years. Yeah, no, and you're then, right. Yeah, you're right. So I feel like there's that legacy of Ethan Hunt. It's not. I don't want to see like Jeremy Renner as Ethan Hunt or something. You know, like. I, yeah, but I it's feel only like been. Me, I guess it's only been twenty. I guess twenty years is a long it's time. It's twenty-two years, yeah. seven films. I'm sure he's got at least another two left. He talks about how he's he's got big plans for the next one. <laughs> I don't know what oh, would be bigger got, than this. I could see him doing five more. Right. He, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I like I don't see this franchise. I feel like the franchise will end when he. Yeah. Ends it because he's such a big part of the filmmaking process True. too. Like I don't think he's going to sign off on some. Some other actor like Henry Cavill coming in and it'll keep uh, that's impossible now. Um, but <laughs> some other actor coming in and taking over yeah. the role, yeah. No, um, you're right, he is. He, you're right in the sense that it's as a franchise, it's structured much more, much differently. Uh, yeah, and so and he's yeah. he's the I mean, uh, him and Ving Reigns are like the, the main consistent through line it's not a director it's not yeah um a composer it's it's nothing you know like everything changes except for ethan hunt yeah like since every movie ving rame's been it uh, since the third right no the first one. Oh shoot he's been in every single one it's been so long since i've seen yeah oh my God. and here's the thing yeah, i've seen the first one a them, few times but i've only seen the second one once same <laughs> yeah well the, the second one he comes off in a helicopter for three minutes and he's like what up ethan? you know and that's it <laughs> oh like God. it's it's not worth. That's why the second one's so bad. With ironically, one of the better composers, Hans Zimmer, on that one. But it's just that was the one with the rock guitar. Yeah. It's just like this heavy metal Mission Impossible. Um, but so yeah, do you want to just dive in, like go chronological order? Let's skydive in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That might be the best. In terms of like actually shooting it, like that for me, like that might be the best thing I've ever seen on on screen. Oh right! Like in yeah. terms of death-defying stunts. I know, like, and it's it's crazy because in the movie, it's only like what maybe like two minutes. Yeah, something like that. But it took like forever for them to shoot that. Like it took them like because apparently this this movie's got went through. I was reading on IMDb six pregnancies, which at first I was like, "What does that mean?" But I, I think that meant that like there were at like crew and cast had like pregnancies, like um, uh, oh, what's her name? The the main not Michelle Mahonigan, yeah. but uh, Rachel Ilsa. Ferguson. Yeah, Rachel Ferguson. Yeah, she was pregnant like throughout a lot of the movie. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> because. Yeah, because of all the the times, all the stops that they had in production. Is she had a double the, or. Uh, probably for the motorcycle. I don't think. I'm, I well, yeah, but I mean, for like her fight those. scenes and stuff. Oh, I guess. I'm. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it again to yeah. see if you can kind of like tell, because you know sometimes you can really tell. She's doing a lot of like karate, jujitsu stuff. So yeah. Um. um but 
but speaking of the, you were talking about the awards thing and how this won't win any awards. It kind of begs the question, like, would this? Do you, what do you see being like a? Do you see one of these like a like stunts or motion capture? Do you see either of those two categories at some point entering into the conversation of Oscars? Well, and I sure hope stuff? they do because, um, like, yeah, I mean, like motion capture is another great example of a new technology that has so much potential and like just has gotten no recognition and really VFX in general should kind of get like its own category or, you know, I don't know, its own awards show. Like, yeah, you know, that's more high profile and stuff. Um, Like have the Oscars for more of the Oscar Academy type stuff. And then you have like an award show that's more for the, the visual effects, the sound, the, the crew, like, the the stunts the yeah you know motion capture all that because those those are you know like obviously Andy Circus would get the lifetime achievement award you know right away like once they announce the award just give him <laughs> right. the lifetime achievement and then start from scratch and start showing new people but yeah and because you wouldn't want to just start you know because there's so much that he did in the past that you'd want to yeah and it, you would still reward recognize. good filmmaking in the sense of like you know yeah. dramatic acting and directing and all of that stuff but right. it's just like just like you have criteria for having your film, you know, able like for consideration, like for to be in the VFX awards or whatever it is, um, there has to be a substantial amount of VFX. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, and maybe that's not the right answer. Maybe they like VFX stuff should still be in like just the Academy Awards, but it's just like the Academy Awards are, I feel like a dying. Well, they're kind of biased to against those, you know. Those, I mean, yeah, even the totally. Dark Knight was up in 2008 for Best Picture, and it's like there's no way that was going to win. But the fact that it was up was kind of nice, you know. And it feels nice to have those big, like like Infinity War, Mission Impossible. These are great movies that came out this year that really should get a little more recognition. But instead, we're going to get like you know, A Star Is Born or First Man or you know, which is fine. But it's just all dramatic. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the Stuff, acting and the yeah. close-ups, and it's not there's <laughs> there's a little di- there's a difference there, yeah. you know. So I think I think that's and especially now with streaming and everything we talk, like we just talked about um, in the last episode, you know, there's there's so much more out there now to where it's like and, and Netflix, you know, or you can you include Netflix films for Best Picture, and you know, there's a lot of variables. The same with TV, you know, all we have for the Emmys is the a lot of the cable. You know, and yeah. HBO and all that stuff, but I mean, Haunting of Hill House can't be eligible for something. Like, it's it's getting dicey. But we're we're also getting into a that other conversation that we just had. So well, back to Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> ultimately, to cap that off, awards are just like it doesn't mean anything other than exactly. like navel gazing. Yeah. So um, it, it's a lot of nothing, I think. But yeah, uh, back to Mission Impossible. The whole reason that this came to awards is because like they deserve recognition for shooting that skydiving sequence the way they did and the way that mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, <laughs> like even you know I'll say this multiple times, but like watching this movie a second time, I'm still on the edge of my seat with my palms sweating, even though I know yeah. what happens. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it it grips you like that and. Um, you know, it doesn't it, like it's kind of seamless in the sense that, like, obviously they have to use some uh, VFX and, and graphic work stuff. They they can't, you know, do everything for real. And you can't. I can't find any of the seams really. I mean, like some of the obvious wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. That wasn't Henry Cavill 
that wasn't his face that got hit by that by that hook at the end? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like that whole ending sequence, <laughs> you know, with them hanging off the cliff and stuff is like. Well, I know he was hanging off the cliff, but the difference was, I feel like. Well, I think he had. I think he had the wires, but I think they were hanging off the cliff. Like the part where Ethan has to like hit the button. That's actually him off the cliff. Yeah, no, I know, but like, right? Yeah. yeah, but a lot of like the falling stuff, and what I'm saying is like a lot of that cliff stuff. They were hanging, but it's not like they they actually did everything that you saw in terms of like <laughs> how they fell and how the cable, the helicopter, yeah, like everything down the hill. with the cable was was yeah. CGI. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like. Yeah. Um, so little things like that, uh, it's just, you know, it's fun to try and find the seams and not be able to, because, uh, it just, it makes it that much more enjoyable and immersive. Um, you know, all the, like the car chases and, and motorcycle chases are the, are the same way. It's like all the, all the running, (laughs) I love watching Ethan Hunt run. I actually, I could do it a little bit less. Like I know it's a thing. And really, it's a Tom Cruise thing, but like, yeah. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie; it just makes me feel bad about myself. Like, like I could never, I couldn't run one half his age, half of a percent run. of what of how much he runs like in a day. Like, he's double your age, and you can run half as fast as him. Like, but same, yeah. So, I mean, but he's also really short, and like, you know, the thing about I'm tall, so like, tall people yeah, are like bad the Family runners. Guy thing where he's like Stewie's height. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyways, so it, it's just, I mean, yeah, it, it like, and oh, <laughs> I will like, you know, kind of moving, moving on from the skydive thing, I, which will, is a good transition into the next thing I want to talk about is the, the blending of humor into, oh yeah. into the franchise now. And like, really it's, it's just been, uh, the past three entries, right? Like since Simon Pegg has yeah. entered the fold, um, I, I would say that there's just the right amount of what I like to call Simon Pegg humor or like just like very tasteful, dry British type humor, you know? Right. Um, but here's the thing. It's like so much better again than like how the Bond franchise handles humor in the, in the movies (laughs) or like how the star Wars franchise handles humor. Like at least Disney, Disney star Wars or the prequels. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Exactly. You're right. The, the OG, Trilogy was pretty. They were pretty good about the it. Yeah. OG trilogy. OG trilogy. <laughs> the OG trilogy. <laughs> um, yeah. So. But yeah. So the humor, humor. like when yeah. you know when they get down on the roof after skydiving and you've just seen Tom Cruise like <laughs> save this guy's life who you know this guy's <laughs> been a dick to him ever since they've met right and like exactly. not respecting him and Tom Cruise plays the part so well of like. Oh God! I get like, oh, okay, we're we're good. Are you good? You know, and he he he, you know, Henry Cavill uh, Walker, you know, Walker just floats in and he just kind of looks around like a little dazed. Hey, your air mask is off. Yeah. He, oh, you lost your uh, you lost your air tank, <laughs> even though like Ethan had given him his, and right. like just that dynamic of going back and forth between both of them are so good at what they do in oh, terms yeah. of like they're badass. Um, they they can do almost anything and yet they they have this like kind of uh sarcasm and like yeah it's just the perfect amount you know and and the way that mm-hmm. it ebbs and flows i think some of the in the end of the second act some of the stuff uh like when you know 
with Alec Baldwin and like that started to get a little, um, not, not just really the, not really talking about the humor necessarily, okay, but yeah. just like, I was going to say, I don't remember a lot of humor. No, I, I guess I'm just thinking about the, the tone, like, cause I'm, okay. I'm thinking about the, in general throughout the entire movie, the tone is so good in terms of like, right. you know, right. the, uh, intensity, the, the humor that's mixed in here and there, the, the, the segues between set pieces and stuff. But I think the, the end of the second act, you know, with, um, with Solomon Lane and uh, and that whole switcheroo with the mask okay. and, and Alec Baldwin's death yeah. and all that stuff. So you're saying after the big like police um, b- barrage barricade, whatever that was, where yeah. they where they yeah yeah uh, take over the police thing and they kind of they take Solomon back. So you're saying after that yeah, point, yeah. Kinda, basically the tone basically the changes. the Alec Baldwin death scene is kind of like that's the that's the crux of that. Right. The only part of the movie that I don't really like because it's just like yeah. a little, you know, I, first of all, I, I love Alec Baldwin in this movie, but his mm-hmm. death scene is, it's kind of, it's like the, it's like what we're supposed to feel when Judy Dench dies is M and remember that it was it in uh Skyfall, Skyfall. Yeah. 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 And so spoiler, but whatever. <laughs> you um, put a spoiler <laughs> tag at the beginning of this for like, <laughs> Bond movies and Fallout because we just jumped into Fallout spoilers right away. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so like it's supposed to have that vibe to it because it's their boss for a while, but it's he's only been their boss for like two movies, right, or something. And yeah. It just doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. So like those those are the types of things that don't work as well yeah. in this franchise, except for his relationship with you know Michelle Mahonigan because she's yeah. that's a great like story there. Oh that, yeah you know, is kind of hidden inside this franchise, but everything else emotionally is kind of hard to really grasp with the, the thing that works so well for this franchise is like you're saying some of the, some of the humor and uh, the action and the, the kind of the format of like the, like the masks and, yeah. um, you know, the, all the well, self-destructing. That's, that's the other thing I wanted to messages. jump into is the format and how that, that it yeah. solidified this, um, you know, obviously stuff from, from the show originally and from the first movie, like you were mentioning, like the self-destruct thing. And that's, that's kind of baked in there, right? That's been there forever. But the right. thing that's, the things that are really solidified are like the, uh, the masks and the switcheroos that, you know, it used to just be like one or two. And now it's like, you, it's like, <laughs> there's so many different switcheroos. Like now they're masking buildings and rooms and like the whole thing with Wolf Blitzer, you know? That was great. Like, that I love There's that so many switcheroos and they all work so well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there isn't one that just, there isn't one that doesn't work, I feel like. And where you're just like, roll your eyes, like, oh, here's another face. Yeah. Face and, mask. And how, like, like, yeah. I love how when Walker like smacks uh, John Lark with the thing mm-hmm. and so they can't do, they can't get his face. Like that's genius, you know? Like little ways that they're playing <laughs> off of this, this theme of, you know, yeah. uh, impersonating, wearing masks and all that stuff. And then the third act is always the impossible mission, right? The one mm-hmm. that they're like, wait a second, we have to do what? And it's like, yeah, but, and <laughs> Benji's like, yeah, but, and they're like, what do you mean, but? And he's like, you know, we can't, uh, we can't diffuse it until the countdown's already started. You know, there's always <laughs> this, like, th- there's always this thing that makes it that much impossible. more impossible. And so that's yeah. another part of the format, you know, like the bond format, there's always the third, third yeah. act thing. But again, like I like mission impossible franchises is, is 
starting to outpace the Bond franchise. I mean, it's doing all this stuff so much close. better. Like, and there's yeah, you don't yeah. have the the uh, misogyny kind of underbelly. I was literally just gonna yeah, say that like Ethan amazing. Hunt is not like a someone you kind of want to punch in the face sometimes. Like, <laughs> like exactly as much as you love Bond, like. And despite just, Tom Cruise's real life craziness, like how yeah. is this? What world are we in right now? Where right, the, the, like a real life potential supervillain is playing <laughs> James Bond, an American version of James Bond, way right. better than James Bond, and like yeah, you know he's doing it so well. Like he and I, yeah, because I feel like he, he individually, Tom Cruise has this huge passion, as as crazy and weird as as he is with all that stuff has this such a crazy passion for filmmaking and making sure people get the best experience. Like that's, I feel like that's something he's made really very like obvious in the last 20 years, 15 years, yeah, you know, yeah, um, definitely. through not only his performances and his action stunts, but also just in general, like bringing his ideas to the table during, during movies and stuff. And he's really smart about that stuff. I feel like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, in that, um, in that, message that he and Macquarie put out about the oh, yeah. motion smoothing and video interpolation. Mission Impossible 3 uh, cut with that one, the one I sent you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no, please. No, please, please. We can talk about this. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, no. he's, he gets all serious like, you know, some TV models come with this on default. <laughs> He just gets so serious, and it's like, I, yeah, you're right, man. He he has that passion, and and it shows. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, that's the it's the best action movie probably I've ever seen. Like, same, yeah. We saw this together for the first time uh, in IMAX. Atlanta when I came to visit you, and it was that was fun. Yeah, um, IMAX, and yeah. that theater was great, and it was just ah, it's so yeah. good. I went out like a week later and saw it again with Brittany, and I still haven't seen it for a third time. Um, I was saving it for like a my Blu-ray yeah. purchase. Yeah, I got the um, I got the Best Buy special edition steel case Ooh. version, which is cool. That- Man of Steel? <laughs> no, you know the steel case with a mustache. <laughs> um, I just like the way it looked better. It was only a couple bucks more. Um, wow! But I will. Uh, how much was it for the Best Buy? Because I might I might get that one uh, at Best Buy. The you know the regular one, just in the mm-hmm. default Blu-ray case, was twenty, I think. Oh, okay. And then the steel case one was like twenty-four or five. Nice. Um, yeah, and it, I, I, I think the Steelcase one might have like a couple more special features. Um, I was kind of in a hurry, so I didn't really like. Well, that's look definitely over. worth it then, because yeah. especially with this movie, you want to see as much of the making of. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> as possible. But um, and I just the cover looked better. Um, you know, I don't really care about the material as much, but it's just it's yeah. a cool cover. Um, but you also don't have to throw away the little cardboard thing <laughs> on the top. That's exactly what's. Yeah underneath it the, the um, weird thing yeah. though is you know blu-ray discs usually like they save your place unless you like take them out or something oh yeah this one mm-hmm. didn't because i i watched most of it last night and then when stephanie got mm-hmm. home uh you know from a from a work thing she we watched the the end of hill house like the the finale so right i watched the um this morning i, I watched like the final 30 minutes of fallout and it didn't save my place. Like even though I Dang. just had just turned my Xbox off. I'm sure it's just Tom Cruise. He's like, you must watch the whole movie all the way through <laughs> <laughs> to get the best viewing experience. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. Obviously, <laughs> we're here to talk to you today about 
Blu-rays. <laughs> starting their <laughs> starting your movie in the same spot you left off. Now we get it. We all have to go to the bathroom sometimes during the movie. This is but unacceptable. Now if you're in the movie theater, you're going to miss the scene if you go to the bathroom. So see, if you're at home, you should have that same experience that you have in the movie theater. That's why you should go out and buy adult diapers. <laughs> I wear them all the time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyways, back to the, the actual film. Um, and what were, what were we talking about? I don't know, but last? let's talk about that bathroom scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's well. That's what happened next. It happens next. That's right? the best. Yeah, right after the skydiving. Yeah. Um, not only the humor and the way that that scene is just constructed with like the way they're kind of walking around yeah. and they're circling around, they're just and using then the looks. other guys come in and make fun of them yeah. for a little bit. And it's kind of like I just I, I love the dynamic of that. But then you get into like the coolest four week shot fight scene I've ever seen. You know, it took <laughs> it was supposed to take four days, but it took four weeks. <laughs> Uh, obviously, I mean that's the craziest um, yeah <laughs> bathroom scene. But another thing I was thinking of, I was watching Batman v Superman the other day. It was on TV, even though I own it on Blu-ray. What an idiot! Um, <laughs> the three-hour version. I have it but, too. So was, it's okay. Yeah, so I was I was just watching it, and they had the bathroom scene, and I was like, Henry Cavill, what is up with him fighting in bathroom <laughs> scenes? Doesn't he also do that in the Man from Uncle? N-U-C-L-E? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fun fact about that. It's a good movie. Henry Cavill replaced Tom Cruise in that movie. Oh, really? Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's cool. And that was actually what made Tom Cruise want to get walk, uh, want him as Walker, was because he saw him. Yeah. In the Man from Uncle, and or, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Huh. It's kind of nice fun, little right? tidbit. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, just as like a little tangent. Uh, Speaking of Henry Cavill as Superman, that's something I wanted to talk about is Cavill as Walker is, I think, Cavill at his finest. And I, I think you'll probably disagree with me. I know you will really like his Superman. but Parts of it. I, I mean, yeah, but I, I like his interpretation, but... I think he's, it's, uh, yeah. his Superman is, is a bit one-dimensional, and his Walker... He doesn't have a lot to work with in that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing, right? Because he's being directed by and led by, you know, not much. And, a studio. Yeah, and Superman <laughs> is an icon, whereas this is like a one-off character, right? So yeah. there's a lot of that stuff. But, um, but you know, I, I don't know if you've seen Man from Uncle, but he's good. But it's uh, he's not as he's not as good as he is as Walker. Um, he, you know, the way he has that like gravitas, but also that kind of like eye roll kind of humor that that Tom Cruise has in terms, you know, like for example, the, um, when they're, when he sees Cruise in the helicopter and he realizes that (laughs) he kind of does this, like, it's like, okay, you you want, you want this, you know, it's not even like a, it's not like a, Oh God, this again. It's more like a, yeah. (laughs) All right. You know, and then he pulls out the, the machine gun and, yeah. yeah, it's like you know. So I that just this character really he shines so much in the, as as Walker. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely the best. I'd say aside from like Philip Seymour Hoffman and John Voight, he's definitely the best, most memorable like villain uh, in the franchise. You know, up there. Yeah. He's up there with with both of those. Um, uh, yeah, he's just. I think. Um, I personally really liked uh, 
not only his performance, but I feel like there was a, a score change for him. Like whenever you'd hear his theme, like his theme was this like these held out notes. I don't know if you kind of, I don't know if you remember it when you listened to it, yeah. watched it recently, but it was kind of this, like it's the, it's a variation of the theme, but maybe it's just the, the, the fallout theme. Maybe it's just changes a little bit. The more John out, it's like, dun, dun, dun. yeah, it's like, those three notes and it just it, it plays throughout like when he's chasing like the scene where he's chasing walker which i love by the way when he's like uh, benji's telling him where to go and he's like like go, he's like he's like i'm at a window and he's like oh okay <laughs> sorry I <had laughs> and then everyone's just looking at him and they give him the chair and <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great um sorry but that I, scene i had the screen lock on yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it reverses yeah um and so yeah, so that that whole part is great, and then when he's running up, you know, up the silo thing to kind of get to the top, um, that's my probably one of my favorite cues, uh, music wise, in the whole thing. It's called rooftops and staircases. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was it's so yeah. good. It's like, it starts out with that. You know, yeah, yeah. Those are supposed to be bongos. So I can't do that. Um, but it's. Uh, I also like it how it reminds you of in the third one where Philip Seymour Hoffman escapes from the, um, they all have, they have him in the in the van yeah. and they're they're he's prisoner and then the helicopter comes and takes him away and it flies away uh-huh. and it's like kind of a similar vibe where he's like running up some something and shooting with the gun and then it's just flying away and he's watching him watching ethan you know the same kind of thing huh. happens with walker right i know exactly he goes up what you're to the talking top. about yeah and they should yeah like... and then all of a sudden it goes away it flies <laughs> and you see walker just watching him like did you see walker wave yeah. goodbye <laughs> yeah because i feel that? like that was what kind of what philip seymour hoffman did but he didn't i think he just looked at him he just stared him yeah i feel like down. the philip seymour hoffman one it was just like a cl- more of a close-up that you know they share a yeah. look and it was a close up and whereas in this one they it cuts you know back to a wide shot of the helicopter flying away and you see yeah. Walker's just one hand kind of raised slightly from his knee <laughs> like he doesn't wave right. it he just holds it up like all right see like, ya hey I see ya bye <laughs> it's, yeah it's, and like, what also is that? also with the film Seymour Hoffman one that one actually had a lot more weight remember because he threatened he essentially threatened his family yeah you remember because he had him on the plane and all that and then he was like do you have a do you have a girlfriend do you have a wife i'm gonna kill him i'm gonna kill him now <laughs> oh my God. kill him really bad and he just says it you know and then he lets him you know and of course after all that yeah. you know he was now he knows where he his family is and he's now it's like ethan having to like save save her you know and so it's it's there's a lot of weight to that the third one is so good i mean yeah i that's probably my next I was one. tempted to buy the um, at Best Buy. There was like all six on Blu-ray. Uh, of course, I just bought the one with all five. Kill me, <laughs> right? No, and that's why I didn't get it because I'm like, what if the next one is like even better? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why I just got the five, and then I figured I'd start buying them individually here because it's like I'm not gonna <laughs> wait around for this the 12 pack like in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't when, know. Yeah, when he's 70, I feel like I'm just gonna buy the ones I like a lot, um, which is one three four and six and i liked five <laughs> i liked five and five is like a direct sequel to six or the six i mean six is a direct yeah. sequel to five yeah and here's yeah. the thing is here's a weird thing and I, I think i told you this after we saw this together uh the first time you know i, I 
I told you like that I didn't remember a lot of five. And so like Solomon Lane and Ilsa, like I, I like, I vaguely, 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 vaguely remembered them, but like, same, you know, uh, this morning, just before we uh, hopped on to record, I went and watched the ghost protocol trailer and then the rogue nation trailer. And I realized that like almost everything that I remember from those two is Stunts. no, no, no. From, yeah. From those two, no, no, no. From those two movies is like stuff mm-hmm. from ghost protocol. And like, I barely remember anything yeah. from rogue nation. I, I, all I remember is he was on a plane. He, he was like hanging from the plane. That's literally all. I yeah. Remember and there's like an underwater part. That's pretty crazy. Oh, where he's like under, he's actually underwater, yeah. but like holding his breath for like, two or three minutes. Yeah. And then there's like a lot of, you know, driving stunts and racing stuff that I don't really remember. And like, that's, I just don't remember the villain. I don't. So same. And And it's weird because that's the same director too. Christopher McQuarrie on that one. So what, why all of a sudden was this one just like so much better? Like, well, more memorable. I think they just found their groove working together. I, yeah, I think so. And like, also I think they realized that, uh, the third one and the fourth one worked. So, they realized why they worked so well, and it was right. like f- the formula thing. And so they just went all in on the Mission Impossible formula, and mm. they just kind of nailed it. You know, um, I, yeah, oh, yeah. Again, I'd say like the Alec Baldwin thing. You know, in Rogue Nation, he's like kind of the antagonist, right? He's the one trying to shut the IMF down. And at the end of the movie, spoilers, he's like, you know, convinced otherwise. And so it's like yeah. he's just now their ally, right? And so right. the fact that they tease this whole emotional thing with him is like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, eh, that's the one kind of miss, I think. But yeah, but yeah everything else is just, um, you know, the way Spot that on. they carried Ilsa over. Um, I think, again, even though I didn't really remember her that much, the way they handled it was, was pretty well done. So I wasn't like confused or it was believable, right. you know? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's it's not so. It's kind of just like, oh, okay. Well, there's there's some information here I could receive if I watch the the last movie, but I'm not totally lost right now. You know, especially if you're not. Because if you think about, oh, what is every character's meaning and what is every single purpose of everything, then yeah, you might be a little confused. But if you're just going with the flow and just enjoying it as a movie, it, it's really not too bad. I like how how simple the plot is. It's mm-hmm. just these these you know nukes that they have to they have to collect and then they had their they had their opportunity at the first scene and that was crazy too i thought i was like no yeah not luther that was uh, watching it the second time that was also like one of the few very very few scenes probably maybe the only scene that i was like oh this is like a bit predictable and like they could have maybe cut this a bit like just well, made it a little faster yeah, pace or something because it's. Just kinda... I think especially with the with rewatching it, you're just like, like if you're watching with somebody who knows that character, it's kind of interesting. If you like, for example, if I'm like uh, over Christmas, I want to watch it with my dad again. Yeah. So I'm gonna like bring it, bring it to Raleigh and. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and so like I'm, it's gonna be interesting for that moment to see what his reaction is, but otherwise I don't care because I know it's, you know, you're right. In like a it... second, he's gonna be like, oh. Though, thanks for shooting me, Ethan, you know, kind of. <laughs> yeah. You're right, though. Like, it's, it is like one of those things that you're like, wait, would they kill off Luther at the beginning of this? Like, right. No, no, they wouldn't. And then, so you're right. There's. I thought maybe they would. Like, that's seven movies in. He's been in all of them. Like, talk about starting with a, you know, like 
a bang. I mean, yeah, true. Like season five of 24. We'll talk about that, but remember that one? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you think about like Benji, Simon Pegg's character? I, I like him a lot. I mean, he's, it's funny. Cause in, in the third one, you're kind of just like, this guy's kind of like constantly, he's just constantly making jokes. He kind of just, you know, he's, he feels almost out of place in the third well, one slightly. Is he, he's not in the third one very much. Is he like, yeah, he's, well, that's, that's when he first starts using him, and he's kind of like, "Hey, I need you to hack into the." He's like, he's like his Chloe, not to bring back to right. twenty four. Yeah, but, but he's not out. You in know, the field. he's like behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna get in trouble if I do this, but I'll do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And so a little their back and forth kind of at at first was a little not jarring because I liked it, but it was also a little different. It was so different, you know. At that point, that was the first real humor we got yeah. in the franchise. Yeah. And by this one, it felt a little more organic, I think, because A, we're used to him in the group, uh, but B, it just, I don't know, I, I felt like his humor flows more yeah. now. It's like the chemistry they've all gotten together. Yeah, um, that's that's actually a really good point. Um, like, now that they've kind of found that footing, um, if you think about it, it's like Fallout is the best movie to introduce someone to the franchise with. Like, yeah. watch this, and then you'll kind of get it. And then you watch like one, maybe two, probably not, but like one. <laughs> one three. would be like a snooze fest for anyone you just watch Fallout. True, actually, you should do Fallout, then maybe like three, yeah, four, five, and then one, because one is like the most different, but it's still really good, you know. And then two is like yeah, yeah, yeah. the TV movie. <laughs> yeah, um. exactly. <laughs> two is like all right. If you're really drunk one night and you're feeling brave and a little silly, just want to watch Mission Impossible, but don't care about the the characters yeah. or the you know. Action. Have I told you like um, you know my friend Devin and I we uh, we watched the first three all in one night uh, once shortly after wow. the third one came out and uh, it didn't it, it wasn't like a plan or anything it was just like oh yeah let's watch Mission Impossible and then afterwards you're like wait, I've never seen the second one, have you? It's like, yeah, no, I haven't. I mean, the third one was really good, but let's watch the second. And then we watched the second, and it was really late, and it was like, you know, that was weird. Like, <laughs> let's just put the third one on. Like, you know, it'll, even if we fall asleep, it's not a big deal. Like, but it was so good. You just, yep, yeah. it was a good night. Um, but anyways, back to Fallout. Um, what, what other... Uh... What were some of the other crazy? Okay, so there was the running stunt. There was like all those running parts. Um, yeah. There was the well, the helicopter. Let's talk about the helicopter chases in the mountains. You know that they actually okay. Like Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter in the mountains. In the mountains, <laughs> and also like just like with the skydiving stuff, and really with like a lot of the stunts, you know. You're you're seeing him do most of that stuff. Like when right. he's losing control of the helicopter, like the helicopter is actually spinning <laughs> with him yeah. inside the drive. Like you know they have those kind of <laughs> GoPro like looking shots right. of uh, yeah. the like the really wide angle of inside the helicopter, like where he's in in the cockpit or something. Yeah, and it's like, like the camera's yeah. behind him, like you're sitting in there. I mean, yep. You know, you can't really fake that. Like, I guess you could, like, just kind of CGI through the windows, but, like, I don't think they'd do that. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Or you'd be able to tell, yeah. probably. I think it'd be... Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah. And it, a, lot of, a lot of the cuts are quick, so, you know. I'm sure they just had him do 
simple maneuvers and then like with camera right. they they figured out a way to make it look scarier but like still i mean dude how do <laughs> yeah. you like think about it it totally could have been a news story that, like tom cruise dies in a helicopter accident while filming yeah, seriously <laughs> and like it could be like that's crazy because like uh james horner died in a plane crash um that was the composer for the the main composer for james cameron you know his go-to guy um so I mean, yeah, it's not something that doesn't happen. Like, and and especially the fact that um, he's been doing this for so long and doing these crazy stunts, and he has to do them over and over to practice. And yeah, oh, man, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. It really makes um, you wonder about Scientology. I know, like I said, there's got to be some kind of invincibility or or fear destroying. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, like he's basically a, a modern day prince if you think about it, like a Western prince. So like a like prince or like like a a prince like a prince okay like you know how like like for example Saudi Arabian princes they have like an ungodly amount of money because it's really old oil money and it's just like we we have no concept of how much so they can just they can do anything pretty much in terms of the, if it costs money and so Tom Cruise is like that in the western sense but he instead of he doesn't just have a lot of money he has Scientology so he he has all of these people like basically subjects you know that essentially he can you know he can he can arrange for helicopter fl- practice and like um, and you know that's also just who he is he like he just pushes himself and um, I guess it's kind of like an interesting like human experiment of like how much can a man do how far can he push himself if he's given you know everything he needs um and certainly i I think tom cruise probably has everything he needs uh in the sense that other celebrities don't yeah considering he did uh the year he did risky business was the year year henry cavill was born so he uh whoa He's been making money for a while. What? Whoa, so. whoa, whoa. Wait, what year was that? Uh, 83, I think. <sighs> yeah, 83. And um, he was like, what What was he like? Was he 18? Was he 20? How Do you know how old Tom Cruise was? Because he was young. He was playing a teenager. Well, now he's 56, okay. 7, I think. So, uh, when was 83? I guess that was like, uh, like 35? Yeah. Is that... Right, something like that. I'm not thinking. So yeah, <laughs> I've got the movie on in the background on mute, and I'm just watching Tom Cruise run. Uh, it's like no, he's not. He's not that age you just said. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that's thinking amazing. about some other elements that of the movie. Was there any other scenes that we that we missed that like some of the crazy action stunts? Let me just um, check my few notes that I took. Hang on. Uh, Oh, okay, yeah. First of all, opening credits. Good things and bad things. Okay. Like like starting like after the reveal of Wolf Blitzer or are you talking about like the first scene and with like... I'm going to go through a couple things. So, okay. first of go. all, the the initial opening credits, right? Like the the short credits like bef- where you just hear the the bongos kind of yeah. and then you see the reveal of them and like getting married or whatever. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but no, there's like, there is a, <laughs> yeah, I think, no, isn't there, like, before the Wolf Blitzer, 
Well, yeah, before, like, there's them in the mountains getting married, and yeah. then he looks, and it's Solomon, right. and then there's the big nuke, and then it shows him getting the message. Uh, and then I think there's, like, the credits are kind of coming in at that point. Yeah. And then then the Wolf Blitzer thing happens after the big, the, you know, thing where they're, sh- they're in the shootout in the parking garage, and then... Um, then, yeah, so after, right after Wolf Blitzer, that's when we have the little, you know, main theme credits that come up. Yeah. Okay. So, right. So yeah. at the, the Wolf Blitzer, those post credits, those are, again, comparing it to the Bond, like opening credits. It's like, it's doing the same thing, but better because it's really fast paced and mm. you're seeing all of these composited scenes from the movie but it's so quick that you you know you can't make out any of it it's just like that those iconic mission impossible uh you know like imagery in the middle of the action type yeah, of yeah, stuff exactly or, and like yeah. the counting down clock and you know um and then so that's all great i love it it's amazing it's so good right and then mm-hmm. you cut to uh you know they, they show the title screen mission impossible fallout the music crescendos you, you got this really really great new score that's like taking all these simple elements from the original and just like highlighting him like the bongos and um oh, yeah. like the you know holding out the synth of of the theme like longer yeah. and stuff yes i love that right? so much yeah <laughs> so that all oh, that's so great and so when they open with the um you know before like starting to get on the plane you know with uh hunt and uh Hunley, oh, like yeah. Alec Baldwin's it's, character. It's kind of like the, the, the rhythm's still kind of going yeah, a little so, bit there. Yeah, that's all great, right? And so I'm yeah. loving it. But here's, like McDonald's, right? But <laughs> then, just like a TV show, the credits keep going on the screen. Right. And I don't like that at all. Oh. Like, in terms of the format, and I know I'm being very particular here, but that's the <laughs> thing is that, like, this this franchise is getting more and more solidified and it kind of makes sense because you know it's based on a, an old tv show right? right and it does have this episodic nature but it, everything is just so high quality the cinematography is so well done that the immersion is so great that <laughs> you know those little lower thirds executive producer like the, like it ju- I just dis- despise it, especially because you, especially as executive producer. Because well, no, I mean they may not have even done anything. No, that's <laughs> nonsense. But well, that's not nonsense. nonsense. Okay. Come on. But here's here's the reason I really dislike it is because in that first scene that you know you, when Walker walks up with Angela Bassett's character, like you already have some of that really nice like visual storytelling where uh, you know the two CIA people are talking to each other and the two kind of uh, uh, blunt instruments, as as it were, were, are standing across from each other. And the way that those shots are framed is like, it's really cool and interesting. And like, you're like, oh, okay. Like these guys are going to kind of have to face off and like work together slash against each other. And, and yet you, and yet you have these credits in front of them, like coming up and going. And like, I just, I'm being very picky, but like, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 just my, just because I love the movie so much, I'm like being very, I have to say something critical. <laughs> so it, yeah, would you say that those credits would would be better just to throw at the end with the rest of them, or were you saying like they should have gotten those credits done before 
that scene. Like, like during the scenes beforehand, would those have made a better spot for the for the credits to go? You think? Uh, no, I think for for a uh, an opening like this, mm-hmm. I think you shouldn't have credits over scenes. Like, if you okay, want to put yeah. the credits over like a credit sequence, like you know, extend that really short upbeat um, compositing of images and stuff. If you want to mm-hmm. throw them in there somehow, like that's how the Bond ones do it, except they're obviously a lot longer and slower paced. Um, that you know, but that might not work, right? Because then that would make the credits not as cool and fast-paced and interesting, right? Right. So I see why they did it, but yeah, I guess I'd rather just have them at the end. Like, makes sense. Yeah. Because then I guess you, it's sorry. Go ahead. It's oh, I was gonna say it's funny because like when you, I actually when I'm watching a TV show, I I actually like it when the pace is kind of like okay, this could be a good episode, like. Um, you know, like, uh, you can just tell by like what's going on in the first couple scenes and what they're talking about. And the, the music's kind of picked up already and you see credits on the screen. Like it's just starting and that, that's when I get really excited. So it's almost kind of funny because I would actually agree with you, but I also, I also disagree only because hmm. when I watch TV shows yeah. and I, and it's a good episode, like a season finale of something and the music's already like starting to pick up like really like right away, uh-huh. you know, and you could tell that the stakes are already high. So you could tell that we're not going to have filler for the first half. We're going to have, this is going to be a good episode. And when I see the credits still going during that, that kind of vibe, I actually really get excited. So with this one, I don't think I even noticed, but that would be my only uh, argument against what you're saying, but it, it's not really even an argument. We're arguing about the- <laughs> Well, no, I understand. No, 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 but it's a point. It's just funny, It's yeah. a point you're making that I yeah. that I actually, I totally see. It's kind of almost like the same way nostalgia can affect you, you know? it's It, right. it, it just, it kind of uh, represents something that, um, you know, gets, like you said, gets you excited, and I get that. I Yeah, to me, it's just distracting. Um, and yeah. like I, and actually, in fact, in TV shows, I agree with you. It does. It is like a comforting kind of um, use of of like the opening pace, and and you know, get also two birds one stone, right? Like, get the credits right. out there. So, but yeah, just for this particular, just because this is so well done, um, mm-hmm. and because a lot of the, you know, the way that they do location graphics, um, like I just watched the. Uh, scene where you know they're talking about Kashmir and it like zooms in on the map and then like through the map is real Kashmir and like the yeah. word is still there and then the word kind of fizzles out and like so like stuff like that is really well done so I, do, yeah. I just don't like seeing the typical television show credits in the lower <laughs> thirds like it just yeah ugh, I don't know it just it feels just tacked on yeah. like they're like all right, what what do we do for the rest of this movie? Like we're done, but oh yeah, we gotta throw this credit somewhere. <laughs> Ugh, okay, how about that scene in the beginning where they're just talking about the mission and it's just them talking? Yeah, so, I just whatever. I don't know. Yeah, minor <laughs> gripe, but um. So yeah, that's the good it's, and the bad, and uh, you know the good. Another good thing, the the post credits, right? Um, when Tom Cruise gets that great last line, like please try not to make me laugh. You know. Oh yeah, then, like right, right before the credits hit. Yeah, yeah. and then the, those credits again. It's a short credit sequence that's really fast, and you just get like the leads, and uh, then mm-hmm. it goes to traditional scroll. Like th- that's great. You know, I like that. So right. Um. Anyways, let's see. Do you have anything else? I 
think I got everything. Um, well, I mean, I we got to hope that Tom will make sure that the credits issue is solved by the next movie, or we're done. We're done with this franchise. <laughs> oh yeah. So, two just two more very small things that I wrote down. Um, okay. Bomb diffuse small talk. It's one one thing that's I find uh, quite enjoyable, right? Because you did like it's with Luther and and uh, um, Julia. Julia, yep. Yeah, and here's the thing, because that is such a bizarre, like, concept, right? That you're you're doing this, like, you know, impossible thing. You're diffusing this bomb, and you're, so how's it going? You know, how's how's Ethan? How's well, Ethan? Ethan's same old Ethan. How's he doing? You know, and <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like right after, of course, where he's like, my left hand, no, my other hand. And she's like, okay, wait, this one? Okay, I'm just making sure. And so it's like that nice peppering of humor that yeah. it's just it's done in such a way that it's just the right amount. It's like when you're adding seasoning, you know, you want just the right, you don't want too much, too little, it's just it's unnoticeable and it's weird, bland. Right. But like it's just the right amount. And that to me it's like I don't know, that's a feat of the uh the pacing and the I guess the editing or the writing. I don't know if it was it's probably written that way. Probably all of it. Um, yeah. And then last thing, um, the 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 most uh, the most frequent phrase uttered in the film. Do you know what it is? <sighs> okay, hold on. Um, is it said by multiple characters? Yeah. <sighs> oh gosh, because I, I feel like I have it. Like I <laughs> I can hear it. Give me give me like the first word. Uh, like him in a way. <laughs> is it one word? It's four words. Uh, I'm getting too old for the no. That's, uh, <laughs> wrong franchise. And too um, many words. I, I give up. Tell me. I'm working on it. Ah, okay. I like. I, it. I haven't counted how many times <laughs> it's said, but I'm working on it is said so many times. <laughs> how how is, is that it can... said as much as uh? animals in like jurassic world <laughs> the asset the animals i hear that they hear they say that so many times in those movies they they refuse to call them dinosaurs anymore <laughs> weird they're they're animals or assets <sighs> so we have cute. to know that they're animals just to make sure that we don't hurt the dinosaurs that have been <laughs> extinct for billions of years uh um, yeah but uh so i yeah. I, I like that they're kind of establishing a catchphrase um but yeah so i guess that Wraps up the old impossible mission. mission. I guess uh, if we choose to accept it, then the this mission will self-destruct. And I want to see a seconds. short, like an Emmy or Oscar short or something. Like, say this somehow gets nominated, which it's not. Maybe it will. <laughs> they do a short, right, where it's like, the opening and he does the whole message thing. And then your mission, should you choose to accept it is to recover this using any means necessary. This message will destruct in five seconds. And then, and then he just kind of hunt, just kind of looks down at it, closes the book, stands up, walks out and that's it. Like credits. He doesn't accept it. He doesn't, he just goes, or no, maybe he just, it's like a family guy thing where he just goes like to the airport, flies to Jamaica, rents a room in a nice resort. 
Oh, like I goes see. out like, on the beach, like, like <laughs> it's just following. You're like waiting. You're waiting for the mission, yeah, and it's and it's like they keep they have the bongos playing, like, and, he, and he's like, you're waiting for something to happen, and it just never. It's just he gets he goes to the bar, <laughs> and yeah, all these like little looks and stuff, and it's just like, sir, can I uh, get you another mai tai there? It's like, Actually, no, I have something I have to do. And he gets up and he like walks out to the beach and he's just like hanging out and he just wants to take a walk on the beach and it's like I got uh, <laughs> surfing lessons. Who's up? Yeah, yeah. So um, that would be wonderful. I'd love that. You know, Tom Cruise could play that well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <coughs> and that would be that would be funny. That would be a great way to like yeah like a you could see that being in the Academy Awards as some little short. You know, um, similar like The Office had very good Emmy shorts. You know. Um, was the there was like a couple of them that they had that were really funny where yeah uh, well, uh Jesse from Breaking Bad comes in <laughs> yeah and like buys drugs from Creed <laughs> yeah um but anyways this is I just want to, we'll just kind of sum this up the the best way uh, possible best best movie for me of the year I'd say um probably the best action top two or three action of all time for me, if not top. I mean, I, yeah, you know, Terminator's great. Terminator two. I mean, uh, die hard, the original die hard, but I mean, this is just a whole nother level. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, it's like a whole nother thing. Um, yeah. Uh, score by composed by Lauren Bolf. Uh, he's kind of a, he's done a lot of stuff, I think, but, he's kind of a more of a newcomer. He's kind of Hans Zimmer's other protege kind of other than like junkie XL. Yeah. Um, so you can hear a lot of his style in that, but it's oh, just so good. The bongos, the, the, the theme in this one, it's really good. Yeah. And Henry Cavill is, uh, Henry Cavill's great. Such a good supporting actor. Oh yeah. I mean, he's become probably one of my more interesting, like favorite, not favorite actors, but yeah, I just, I'm really into his, I don't know if it's like, it's just something about him as a person. He's like, he's kind of like the rock or something where it's like, you're just his personality. You want to see him act. You want to see him. He's got a lot of passion for his projects and you yeah. know, he's, he just seems like a well-rounded. He's, dude. he's, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's a British actor. He's yeah. Every, any finest. British actor is well-rounded. Yeah, the I finest. Mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree, man. One of my favorites, probably my all-time favorite action movie. I uh, I recently saw Mad Max Fury Road again. I got that on Blu-ray, oh, and that's another like yeah, all incredible action movie that is action yeah, yeah. stunt feet cinematography directed is by the eight-year-old uh, George Miller. George Miller, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. what? the color of the cinematography, and I kind of want to see the Chrome edition, which is like or black black oh, yeah. and Chrome edition, which they <laughs> like night. It's just all nighttime. Well, no, basically. They, well they re-released it in, in you know black and white, basically. But but the Chrome is the Chrome like supposed to look different than black and white? No, it's just they call it black and Chrome because you know there's a lot oh. of Chrome Chrome in the movie, um, just instead of calling it like oh, black okay. and white. And yeah. also it. It probably gets more people to watch it if it's called Black and Chrome. Yeah, it than sounds black and white. way cooler. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want to watch this black and white movie? I mean, it's not like no. they just put it into Premiere and desaturated it all and then re-exported it. Like they, oh, they, okay. they, you know, they essentially did a remaster. It's not like a <clears throat> post three D conversion. No, kind no, of thing. it's like it's a, we shot this in three D. I got gotcha. you. No, they just did a black and white version. So cool, like Logan, right? Yeah, Logan that's that right. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Um, 
Anyways, huh? uh, wow, I just saw Tom Cruise fall off a rope. I know how did he do oh, that? that was the cra- that was probably the craziest one we didn't talk about. Yeah, how did? Because he was he was on a harness connected to the helicopter, but he just let go. Yeah, and grabbed grabbed the net. Um, but th- it was it was crazy because like the on set they were like I think we lost Tom because <laughs> they <laughs> they thought that he because they didn't tell a lot of the crew that he was supposed to fall. Yeah, so he just fell. And <laughs> wow! And everyone's like freaking out. Um, I'm interested to see how this is uh, this director, the duo of uh, you know Macquarie and Tom Cruise will be for Top Gun. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Better so, be good. Yeah, because they said they're like they postponed it for a year to improve the aerial flight sequences. So <laughs> oh you know that Tom Cruise will be like balancing on top of the plane. No, with a with a stick or something. <laughs> That's some James Bond crap. <laughs> yeah no specifically die another day <laughs> yeah what if they what if they get like a jaws character for mission impossible oh my god like a, some kind of gimmick like uh it's the same actor he's got the teeth and... well that's sad <laughs> richard keel died like last year wait really yeah, richard keel passed away this year or last, last year this year or last year yeah what yeah 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 Oh my goodness yeah r.i.p jaws yeah yeah it, it was close to roger moore's death i believe well, yeah, I heard about that one. Um, wow, I'm not sure. Don't yeah, don't listen to me. Um, well, good stuff. Um, go out, get yourself Mission Impossible Fallout on Blu-ray. Don't forget to turn off video interpolation on your television. <laughs> uh, or Tom Cruise and McCory will hunt you down. Mine doesn't have it because it is a 40-inch 1080p, 60 hertz panel so i don't even have the option which is fine by me yeah but i will it's funny because concerts i actually like oh yeah them to look like that so it's kind of a nice feature for those kind of things oh, yeah. but then for when you're watching a movie yeah yeah you don't want to watch that soap opera look the next you know? yeah the next tv i get is going to be like a probably a 55 or 60 inch and obviously nice. that will be have the have those features and stuff so i think it'll be good for sports games like video games and uh, yeah, stuff like concerts or like, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just it's supposed to be very realistic and. Oh yeah. That'll look great for like cable. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said, sports and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't really watch a lot of sports, but me neither. maybe None. one day I like the big, big games. Um, I like the blazers, the Portland trail blazers, mm-hmm. but that's it. So, well, um, just like the missions of Mission Impossible, uh, this podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. So, better get your outro out now because it's. Oh, there it is. <gasps> there it goes. It's already gone. <laughs> <laughs>